Let's take out the trash day. Friday. I mean, what is it? Any stories we have to give the press that we're not wild about, we give them all in a lump on Friday. Why do you do it on Friday? Because no one reads the paper on Saturday. But we do. I'm Yael Grauer. And I'm Trevor Holtner. And this is the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. On Friday, Twitter released a blog post updating its users on Russian influence in the 2016 election. Initially, the social media platform found 2,752 accounts associated with a Russian government-linked organization known as the Internet Research Agency. It also found 36,746 Russian-based bots. The new total is now 3,814 Internet Research Agency accounts and 50,258 Russian-based bots. In addition to the blog post, Twitter also contacted users who had liked or retweeted an identified account, but the email sent didn't provide any additional information. David Carroll is an associate professor at Parsons School of Design. He was one of the users contacted. David says the amount of interference in the Russian election, not just on Twitter, but also on Facebook and Instagram, was quite significant. Extremely significant in terms of the scope and scale and sophistication of it. The, the uh, infiltration across multiple social networks, equal opportunity across the political spectrum, and really just using all of the tools that are available with regarding whether it be Facebook events or comments or Instagram or, you know, basically it was, it, it was a, an, an approach of like, let's try everything and see what works. So certainly like the same kind of approach that any social media marketer or influencer would try. David says that the more researchers dig into the level of interference, the larger the scope and scale is discovered to be, not just on Twitter, but also on Facebook and Instagram. So for example, it was Jonathan Albright at the Tao Center at Columbia Journalism School, whose research I've been following closely ever since immediately after the election. And using a tool called CrowdTangle, which is actually owned by Facebook, he was able to calculate that the sort of total impressions of the information operation on Facebook is, you know, beyond 100 million. So it really depends on what measure we use to determine this. Obviously, the amount money spent is not a particularly meaningful number, And even the sort of, you know, number of accounts is not particularly meaningful number either. It's you really have to think about the reach and look at how particular accounts were especially influential. So um, you really need a nuanced, elaborate analysis to get a clear sense of the reach of these accounts So a single number is not going to tell the story. Twitter's blog post was criticized for minimizing the extent of Russian influence in addition to dropping it on a Friday. But David points out that Facebook's approach in late 2017 was arguably worse. The platforms have always used language to downplay their responsibility. Uh, I would say comparing the statements from Facebook to Twitter, Twitter's is more apologetic. It is more forthcoming in that it notified people directly uh, and and used the word Russian 
if you compare that to the Facebook, they use much more defensive language. They don't even admit that it is a from Russia. And they force people to go to a website in the help center on the desktop. It doesn't even work on their mobile device in order to see if they followed or liked particular accounts. The congressional testimony was similar in that it focused on the platform's benefits and on the small percentage of accounts compared to the total number. But of course, you know, again, these numbers are not meaningful if we don't look at how many impressions they generated and also who were the people who were impressioned. And then also the instances where the media referred to these accounts in media coverage. So articles that included embedded tweets and reporters and journalists further amplifying and endorsing these characters. And even Jack Dorsey himself retweeted one of the identified accounts. We have we have lawmakers. Uh, Senator Cornyn from Texas posted his e- email to Twitter. We know that the CEO of Twitter must have received his own letter from his own company. And we know that, for example, General Flynn was very active retweeting and amplifying these accounts. So, uh, you know, so- somebody who is indicted in the investigation uh, received one of these no notifications. And I noticed that there were other academics who posted their e- email too. So, you know, people who were trying to study this and make sense of it and draw attention to it were not uh, immune from being a, uh, you know, having some kind of interaction with it. Not only does David think this was a Friday news dump, he pointed out that Facebook used the same strategy at the end of last year. All of these announcements happen uh, at the most off-news moment. So, for example, Facebook announced its information operation tool the day before the holidays. So, like, the very last possible news day, the quietest news moment of the whole year. So yeah, I think these companies strategically choose these announcements to try and make as little impact as possible in the news cycle because they know it makes them look bad. And unfortunately, it would be, I think it would be better if if they were even more forthcoming about it. This That would prevent, you know, the kind of critique that they can be dodging responsibilities here that course, Congress, both sides of the aisle, you know, have held their the company's feet to the fire uh, now in multiple hearings. David Carroll is an associate professor at Parsons School of Design. I'm Trevor Holtner. And I'm Yael Grauer. We'll catch you next time on the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. Monday Morning Dumpster Dive is produced by Trevor Holtner and Yael Grauer. Music by The Hell Freeze. You can support the podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts and contributing to our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash dumpster dive. Thanks.